There's a reason more pros choose redneck blinds over any other blind on the market. Combining amazing quietness, scent control, and usability features, you have the ultimate hunting blind. Give them a call or check them out online at redneckblinds.com. Dakota Silence, we're embracing better. Our focuses, revolutionary concealment, extreme silence, enhanced thermal efficiency, purpose-driven functionality. Unheard, unnoticed, uncompromised. You're listening to the Outdoor Podcast, proudly presented by Six Hour and created by Bowhunter Planet. Enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome to the Outdoor Podcast. It is myself, Tim Mazarana, along with Dave the Crunch Muncher Thomas. Um, he's muted his mic right now, so you can't hear him eating his snacks. Thank you. I hate that. Um, <laughs> along with Kevin here in studio. And tonight joining us is Julia Gibson. Julia, um, great to have you on tonight. We wanted to have you on to just to talk about outdoors in general. You do a lot of things outdoors. We want to get into all that. Um, but we also want to talk about uh, women in the outdoors as well. You know, we we love the outdoors it is a family event. It's not just a guy thing. It's not just a family thing. It's an all people thing. And we definitely want to talk about all that you're doing to bring the women into the outdoors as well. Um, so, so thank you for joining us, Julia, but can you start off with just, what do you do? What, what is your normal outdoor life look like? Yeah. So just a little bit of background. I grew up in the boot hill of Missouri, absolutely as far South in the boot hill as you can get uh arkansas is north of me where i grew up and south of me uh just for a little bit of context but i grew up on a 5,000 acre row crop operation um, i'm a sixth generation cotton and watermelon farmer with my dad and grandpa um, my sister actually just kind of started getting involved in that as well um, and then during the day now, I am an account manager for an ag marketing agency. Uh, I manage Bayer Crop Sciences Delta Pine Cotton. So that also happens to be the variety that my family raises uh, for cotton too. So that's a really cool connection and um, just the relationship between farming and agriculture. I am the 2023 National Ms. United States Agriculture. Um, and through that organization, Previously, I grew up hunting with my dad. Uh, he quit going when I was probably 10 to 12 age-ish. And obviously, if he wasn't going, I wasn't going at that age either. And so I got out of it for a while. And then COVID hit. I was in my senior year of college at the time. I had some personal just life stuff going on. There wasn't a lot to do. I kind of came home to work on the farm that summer after graduating and the only options to do things to do in my hometown is work on the farm and hunt. Um, and so I was already working on the farm, uh, driving a tractor, slinging fertilizer, <laughs> um, and ended up kind of deciding, you know, I wanted to get back into hunting. Um, obviously, as a kid, I brought my little 410 shotgun. I couldn't even tell you if I actually ever killed a duck at that point as a kid. It was really just the experience and getting exposed. Um, and it was quality time with my dad, who, was, you know, at the time as a little kid, was definitely a huge influence and a hero in my life. And so it was a way to spend time with him. But 
fast forward, I got involved in hunting. Everything that I learned in in hunting waterfowl specifically at that point was from my dad or some friends of mine or, you know, outside sources, mainly male. Uh, at that time, I had no idea that there were other women that were avid hunters. Like I, I saw them go in with their boyfriends or their dads occasionally, but like I didn't have any idea that there were actually women pursuing it because they wanted to and on their own. And so um, I got involved. I started hunting with any of my guy friends that would allow me to tag along in their guy trips, um, which is a whole other fun conversation. I like, I like how you um, said allowed. I can't allowed. imagine, I can't yeah. imagine being a woman yeah. in a, in a hunt, yeah. men's hunt camp. I just yeah. can't, you can't know, fathom it. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's one of those things where you're like you know there's a lot of give and take in in those scenarios of like okay well are the wives and girlfriends cool with it because that's a conversation <laughs> and there's all of these stigmas of like all these stereotypes and just stories that you hear and safety is a big concern as a young female that's something that you have to consider um and so I just kind of opened myself up to a world of opportunity without having any idea. Like I just wanted to go have fun, have something to do during COVID. And I ended up just kind of taking off from there. Um, fast forward to now, this past uh, duck season, I ended up hunting more by myself than I did with any of my guy friends. Um, as I've gotten, I'm in my mid twenties. So as I've gotten older, a lot of them are married. A lot of them have kids, you know, it, it just isn't always the best idea to, you know, go out with a, a guy friend, you know, just you and a guy. Um, and so perception I've learned in many areas, perception is sometimes reality for people. And so you just kind of have to be careful in some of those situations, but I just decided that I wasn't going to depend on my buddies to wake up early to go I wasn't I wasn't gonna I roll over and go <laughs> I wasn't gonna roll over and go back to sleep because my buddies didn't wake up to hunt I didn't let that stop me and so I ended up really leaning into my friends for guidance on you know how to set spreads how to scout um which was all new for me my dad was very much a sit and pray type of hunter um he went to the same places um always in a blind if it ain't uh, broke don't very fix comfortable. it <laughs> if it yeah but even when it was broke he just didn't really care he just liked <laughs> to go out there he didn't care enough to scout and do all of that it was just his quiet time um and being a farmer you don't get much of that but the quiet time you do have is in the winter so it kind of lines up and makes sense um, and so I just decided that that wasn't going to stop me. So that's a very long winded intro. And I know there's a lot to kind of dive into that as far as kind of what I'm doing now, um, preparing for this upcoming season and even hunting outside of waterfowl. Um, this past spring was my first snow goose season and my first turkey season. So lots to kind of dive in, in on that, but that's a pretty long winded intro. <laughs> I love it. No, I feel, I'm not gonna lie. I feel a little unprepared for this conversation. I feel like oh, okay. I feel like no, seriously. 
I feel like we should have had Jules McQueen sit in on this conversation. Jules McQueen would have been really good. She's, she's the, a huge avid outdoors. She's the carbon media person. She's she's yeah. been through these scenarios you're talking about and she, you know, has thrived in the industry of hunting and, and I wish Jules was on yeah. this call. But I thought I thought you were going coming from the angle of like she's already done more and is more passionate than No, that's you know, too. That, that are, that's are, already know that. Right? I'm, like, I'm good. Talking about getting up and hunting by yourself. I don't remember the last time I got up and hunted by myself. Once she said 5000 acres, yeah. I knew oh, this is a different playing field. It's a different playing field. I wasn't even to go there. <laughs> yeah, she's already 10, <laughs> 10 levels above us, man. We hunt at like 28. <laughs> so 5000 up and hunt by myself. <laughs> We haven't even talked about the public land experience. Uh, my first public, public land hunting. <laughs> Why is Kevin sitting in a no mic situation over there? Yeah, what's yeah. that all about? We got to get you here. Did Jamie have him? Um, some... Jamie didn't say. All right, I'll take care of this. Okay. You guys keep talking. So listen, here, here's 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 the thing: is like what I what I love, and there is a lot to dive into. But what I what I heard that I think can resonate with everybody is the passion that you have. Um, you know, you, you found this passion for the outdoors, for hunting, and, you know, you, you got out of your comfort zone because of it. Right. And I think that's the biggest thing is, um, you know, it doesn't matter what gender you are. It, it's, it's, you know, if you want to do something, a lot of times in order for you to be successful, in order for you to really, you know, get into that passion that you have for it, you got to get out of your comfort zone. And I think that's a big part of, and I think that holds true for hunting and just life in general is getting out of your comfort zone to do all that stuff. So what was the most challenging part? Was it, was it the self-motivation to do that? Don't mind me. Um, that's a, that's a great question. Um, I would, uh, I would honestly say my personal, personally, I am not a morning person. i actually made this joke. I left at 1030 last night to drive to St. Louis and got in about 3am because I didn't want to get up at 330 yeah. to start that road trip. Yeah. So I, I think self-motivation was a good bit of it, but I also think maybe the biggest challenge was actually not knowing what I don't know. It's like, at what point do you even know what questions to ask? Right. And if you just say, okay, teach me everything. Well, my goodness, where where does one start type of thing? And so it was not knowing what I didn't know. It was the safety factor of sleeping a lot of nights, sleeping in my car from about 2.30 a.m. to, you know, 4.30 a.m. in those public spots up north that I was going to and saying, okay, am I in a position to where I am situationally aware and self-aware I am comfortable to the point of being able to, if God forbid a situation happened, um, I've prepared enough to feel like I can handle those situations. But also, I mean, at that point, I wasn't in the gym at all or anything like that. Like, so hauling gear out was a, I mean, it's still a struggle, let's be real. But hauling a sled out full of gear is a struggle hauling a bag of two dozen decoys, your gun, your blind bag, your shells, my dog, like dealing with my dog when I brought him, like there were all of these things. And so it's just not knowing what I don't know. And so honestly, last winter, I just decided to stop depending on other people to either go with me, teach me, 
whatever it was to just decide that that wasn't going to be a obstacle in my way, whether I needed to research or listen to podcasts or just learn by, by doing and by experience, setting a spread a certain way and being like, okay, this isn't working. I need based on the wind or the weather or the direction I'm facing, like those types of situationally awareness. I, it's just one of those things where, where you got to figure out what's not working and why it isn't working and then make those little adjustments. And that takes time. So, yeah. And, and so. I, I think that's a great point because I, I feel like a lot of the, a lot of the hurdle is somebody that wants to get into it, that has the passion, they want to start into it, but then they go out, it's a complete failure, right? Because that happens all the time. You're definitely a complete failure. Um, I was, I'm talking from my own experience. <laughs> I know right? you are. But, but having, the, having the ability to push through that, right? And do it again and try it again. And you start to learn, like you said, you don't know what to ask because you don't know what you don't know right at that point. So I think like like with all things, I don't know of anybody that um has walked into any any career or anything else just knowing absolutely everything, right? There's always a learning curve there and you got to get through that learning curve. So I have one thing. So you uh talked about all the struggles and all this and I'm sure if we got some women listening to thinking, well, I'm not going through that. But when you go through all those struggles, and that sun comes up and you drop that first duck. Talk about that feeling and how it feels because they need to know that it's all worth the struggle. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that a person has to become comfortable with having a grit to them, having a determination and having a staying power that a couple little failures doesn't just absolutely wreck their their self-esteem or their idea and determination of them being determined to do something and get something done. And so I think I just had to realize that success comes through failure. Nobody's ever great at anything first try. If they are, well, then I guess they're God's favorite. I don't know. But <laughs> I've never been good at anything first try. Um, it takes hard work and it takes practice. And so when you get to see the hours, the sweat, the blood, the tears, literally that that have gone into anything that you've worked hard to achieve, outdoor related or career related, family related, anything, then it brings a sense of of just like an odd achievement, just like an awe this is what I was working for. And so I think that while that feeling of finally getting your first bird or finally seeing your dog retrieve its first bird or whatever outdoor related thing that you experience for the first time is, I really think that for me, the the thing that felt the best is that I stuck stuck with it and I had a staying power and a grit that I didn't let myself quit. And I think that honestly felt better than, than shooting my first bird. Although that was also incredible and well worth it as well. Listen, I appreciate the grit. I do, but I don't have the grit. And Darn sometimes, <laughs> Darn sometimes in the morning that beautiful car is warm. I'm like, you know, I'm just going to stay here. Okay, guys, I'm just going to stay here. But the problem is here's where this is where it comes around. If you don't have, the proper friend group 
to push you <laughs> to push you into hey you know what you should probably just go out just do it just man up get up go if you don't have that group you really don't have that good of friends so that's glad, part of the I'm problem glad you brought that this up. is part of the I'm issue glad you brought that up because here's the thing this, shoot this, care <laughs> less i just sit there and lose on big bucks before, walking by before you no one's motivating up, me before you opened up your big mouth i was already thinking you know you you start you, you talk about the grit that you have but you also talked about the influence that you had growing Where's up your, right? I, which was your dad your right? mic's so far over there i don't even know where you're talking it, it, she can, we, we can how's your mic down there you want to fix this later we can fix it later <laughs> tell you but you um but you talked about your dad being the biggest influence right with you growing up and that's probably i have to assume where you got your grip was was watching your dad and that work ethic so this is what i was gonna say dave's the one that got me into hunting so when he complains about like his friend group and all he's the one that got me into hunting i learned everything from him oh, God. so you know I'm there, i i can't help you buddy you know, it's all your fault. In fact, my flaws are your flaws. Yeah, I hear you. This is now I just realized my mistakes. This is ridiculous. Okay. <laughs> well, and I'll caveat that to say that there are plenty of days also that I do roll over and I go right back to sleep. But <laughs> here, here's the here's the deal. I knew we'd here's get the, the truth. I knew we'd get to her. Just hit the pull some strings. <laughs> <laughs> usually on the days that i rolled over and went back to sleep were on the days that i had personally decided the night before that i wasn't going to go if somebody didn't go with me yeah so once, once i played well isn't isn't that place do what isn't it, too, isn't it too the duck hunting like the worst weather days are the best duck hunting days like i'm not a duck hunter but i hear people talk about like when it's cold and windy, the ducks are flying. Is that true or no? Honestly, I think in in some cases, yes. Um, I will say that a below zero temp ice storm came through where my like family's hunting land is in northeast Arkansas. And we went out, actually, my dad went out there that day. I don't know what possessed him to do that. Um, but the following day it was spit and sleep. Like, no, I, I said, I'm good on that. You guys can go. I'm going to take this day off. Yeah. Um, but the next day we went out there and we didn't see a thing, which is also an important point to talk about in general is like those bad days. Cause they always, ha I mean, they happen. Birds are birds. You can't just produce them. Um, so I think it's important to kind of highlight that, but usually on like a a drizzling rainy day have been good days for me. Um, the pouring rain, the only day I've had a good hunt on a pouring rainy day was a snow goose hunt this past February. And it was okay, but I was in a layout blind. Okay, so I was in a layout blind covered with my waders, like my hunting gear, whatever, and rain is just pelting me in the face through <laughs> the layout line. Awesome, <laughs> and I've got my gun like ready to go. And at, at, and at one point I was like, you know what? I can't see where I'm shooting. Like oh, there's, geez. I need goggles because I can't see where I'm shooting. There's no point. I can't even hardly hang on to my gun because when I pick it up, it's like slick. I yeah. can't hardly hang on to it. 
anyway, so I don't, I don't know. I think it depends on what area you're in, what flight line you're probably in, what the weather's been like leading up to that. If you're hunting timber or marsh or cut cornfield, it just depends. So in my experience, do you do you do you personally do guiding? Today's episode is brought to you by Sig Sauer, keeping you safe in and out of the field, but also keeping you in the field longer with Sig's lamp of cross rifles, optics, ammo, and more. Learn all about it at SigSauer.com. Also brought to you by Tinks, Dead Downwind, Burris, Vapor Trail, Stokerized, Arizona Archery Enterprises, Apex Rewards, and Easton. Last year, Reveal by Tacticam quickly became the most sought-after scouting camera in America, making cellular scouting available to any hunter. We ask our users how we can make this outstanding camera even better, and this is our answer. Introducing the all-new Reveal X. Even easier setup, better battery life, faster trigger speed, on-demand HD photos, extended detection range. This season, find out what all the buzz is about. Get a new Reveal X by Tacticam. Logistically, technically, yes, but also I don't consider myself that. So to explain that a little bit, my platform with the Miss United States Agriculture Organization is hunting, conservation, and the American farmer. And really talking about how the relationship between farmers and hunters work, how to improve that relationship, the dynamic. Um, I just kind of saw a gap in the industry. There's so many different resources and information out there for a million other parts of, of hunting or a million other parts of agriculture, but I never really see anything about that relationship between hunters and, and farmers. And so seeing as I was going from, especially this last winter, from hunting my private family land to being up in Northwest Missouri instead and having to knock on doors for permission or go into public land. Um, I just kind of saw a lot, kind of a pattern in, you know, hunters maybe not taking care of the land or farmers just for insurance purposes, liability. I mean, there's a, a multiple like list of reasons why a farmer won't let someone hunt their land or that they will yeah um and so i wanted to focus on that um conservation sustainability i, I work with sustainability and agriculture in my day job as well and so with that a, another i guess caveat to my background is i've never hunted with another female the only time there was a female in my group at all hunting was during snow goose season there was a group of clients and a guy another guy brought his girlfriend out as a client and I was kind of helping being an extra gun um and things of that nature at that outfitter which was my first outfit experience I'd never gone through a guide service outfit or nothing um and it just kind of sparked I had a desire previously but it really kind of fueled my desire to hunt with women. And I had at that point started seeing a lot more um, activity from females in the hunting industry and kind of what they were doing. And again, some of like the negatives and things that things like that. And I, I was torn because it's like, I don't want to be associated with the negatives 
and the negative side right. of of that. But I also know the only way to be a part of the change is to get in there and and be different or, you know, kind of highlight any stereotypes that actually aren't true, things like that. And so I kind of fueled and toyed around with wanting to to hunt with girls. Well, I started looking at outfitters and a couple organizations that host girls hunts and I think they're great. I think there's a a valid reason why they do things the way that they do. I just personally can't afford to spend all season spending, you know, twelve, thirteen hundred dollars for a weekend hunt. Once once a season, twice a season, yeah, maybe. But I can't spend a whole season spending that kind of money for for hunts. And so mm-hmm. um I really wanted to find a way to provide an opportunity for women to hunt and one have access to resources for safety. Maybe they've never been hunting ever resources for safety, resources for what gear they would need, resources for why I'm doing things the way that I'm doing them, whether it's the spread or what spot we're going to, how I'm scouting feeds versus roosts in some cases. Um, like all of the the how-tos and the to-dos, the don'ts of hunting, I just in my experience with guiding, there wasn't a whole lot of explanation to bringing in clients. It's just kind of like they do their job. They provide what they can for a good hunt. And you pull the trigger. Yes. And so I didn't feel like that was, although that served its purpose for me, it wasn't doing me any good. Um, And so I, I had, I just kind of sat and toyed for several months on I have the access, I have the land, I have the experience, I have the knowledge. Why don't I just see if anyone would be interested? Um, I do, I'm in the marketing industry anyway. Um, I have everything that I need needed to kind of initiate that and organize and ultimately host. Now, Um, I've already learned a lot in the past two months of like really nitty gritty planning and booking these. Um, and one of those is I was advertising them as buddy hunts, which is fine. That's what they are. And that's what I'm going to continue to call them. But since I've partnered with a lodge and have kind of been the liaison for that funding for them, it's considered guiding in the state of Arkansas. So like I have to have my license to guide. So am I bringing these girls out there? Am I teaching them things? Yes, yes. Would you consider that a guide? Probably. Am I advertising it as I'm guiding all girls Arkansas hunts? I'm personally not. I know people have shared and kind of called it that, um, but I'm just, I'm wanting to get girls together for not a lot of money, for to have a good time, hopefully kill some birds and learn. Um, and so through that, I've been reaching out to several brands and there are a couple of kind of details and partnerships that are being finalized and are in the works to provide girls with um, discounts so that they they have access to gear for a more affordable price. Um, cost, I mean, I've, I joke that waterfowl hunting is one of the most expensive hobbies you could possibly have. Um, if you're, if you're obsessed with it, 
and I and I really think that you're either obsessed with it or it's just something you do to to get away from the hustle and the bustle of life. And um, with that, there's a lot of things you need to get started gear wise. So I've been working to kind of provide that access for them. I'm bringing the girls in for, I mean, less than a couple hundred bucks. And that includes two nights of lodging and my cost for boat gas. Like I'm not looking, that's another reason why I'm not calling it guiding is because I'm not looking to make anything. I'm not looking to even, even being on the podcast, like I had several conversations on whether or not I even wanted to do it for the sole purpose of like, I'm, it is not about me at all. I am absolutely just trying to find the best and easiest ways to provide women with the access, the competence, the opportunity to ask whatever questions they want to be able to have all the information that they need and and not be made to feel stupid or even if they haven't been made to feel that way sometimes it can just be like an internal feeling of just kind of being ashamed of what you don't know and so um, I really want to encourage women to embrace what they don't know and ask questions and and I don't pretend to know everything either like I've been in close contact with the people that I've learned all the the hunting stuff that I've learned from and asking them for information and and tips and tricks and do's and don'ts as guides themselves um but really making it an all-girls thing so um once again a really long-winded answer no um, it's good I, you know, I, I, the one the one thing that I that I love about what you said is that you didn't want to make it all about you. But in a way, um, you know, I think testimony is very powerful, right? So it's not about you, it's about your journey and other people seeing that journey and saying, Yeah, if you did it, I can do it too, right? Type of deal. Which which I think is a is a great way to approach it. And I love what you're doing. Um, if it so so some of the resources out there. So if people want to follow you right follow your career what you're doing if they want to maybe look into going on a hunt where, where can they find you at what what are some of the resources that you have out there that they should be going and looking at absolutely so first of all any information for the hunts or like my faq um information section things like that can be found at my personal marketing website it's called boldflatmarketing.com um, bold in, incorporates cotton. So it's spelled B-O-L-L-E-D. And then obviously the flat is for, for hunting and, and my waterfowl experience. So, um, it's ag marketing. Um, all of that information can be found on that website. There are seven women's hunts, um, and they're actually all full, um, there's three wow. to four girls on each of them. So there's going to be, um, 21, 22 ish girls coming out. Um, there, that number kind of varies because I think a couple of the girls may be staying for multiple trips, but, um, yeah, there's girls coming from Colorado, Florida, Texas, South Dakota, um, those are just a few of the states that they're coming from. So uh, hunter safety before they come. Yes. So with that, the other resources, like I mentioned, gear, safety, all these things. 
Missouri specifically. So one of the hunts is in Missouri and the other six are in Northeast Arkansas. Uh, Missouri requires hunter, your hunter's ed certificate. Arkansas, I don't think by law requires it. I'm personally requiring it um, along with, you know, like a liability waiver, things like that. Um, for them, but as far as other safety resources um, and just gear resources, things like that, uh, about mid to late September, um, I'm hoping to have those resources finalized and give the girls a couple of months, well, really a few months, because um, the hunts don't really start till the first weekend of September, but, or uh, I'm sorry, December, but at that point, having kind of a hunter safety 101 uh, a gear list and that'll be based on the finalizations of the kind of partnerships that I'm in the process of, of wrapping up I guess and so with that uh, actually a friend of mine and I bought some equipment to kind of do a podcast style Q&A type session um, and so my thought process in that for these girls to be able to use is that she's never been hunting. She did not grow up in a hunting family, nothing like that. And so if I'm coming in with, you know, some notes and points to make of things, as I, I start talking about these things, as she has questions, who better to, to not know what they don't know and to have these questions come up as I'm talking about things than someone who's never experienced it. And so I'm um, really looking at taking like an interactive Q and a how to thing like approach rather than, Hey, read this and look at these pictures. Yeah. I mean, so. here's the thing. I, if you see an application come through for uh, Daniela Thomas, yeah. it's like, I have a wig. I might be able to come and, and, you know, this would be great. Um, no, but in all seriousness, so that sounds awesome. But I was thinking, uh, I, I do want to hear about you when it comes to number one, do you do any bow hunting? And if you do, you know, what's your setup look like? And the other question I have is in regards to your family history. Um, it sounds like you guys have a, a long history, uh, in the South and you, you know, with cotton and the amount of land that you're talking about. So I was just wondering if you could tell us like how far back your history, uh, your family's history goes back as well. I think that's very, could be interesting. Yeah. So, um, I do not archery hunt. There's kind of a funny story as to why I really, really want to learn. And that is definitely on my to buy list, um, as I like to call it. Uh, but growing up, my dad only ever used shotguns and rifles that that was it. He didn't really ever bow hunt. He has a crossbow. My brother, I have a 16 year old brother. He has a crossbow. Um, I also forgot to mention that since I got back into hunting, me and my brother hunt together a lot. And so that's basically the only time my 16-year-old brother calls me about anything is to ask me about hunting stuff. Um, he called me yesterday, actually, and asked if one of the partnerships that I'm working on went through. So <laughs> that's really all I got it. Yeah. yeah, we know that. Yeah. Yeah, Tim's son's here yeah. now. He's like, can I take this bow? Can I take that? We're like, get out of here. He's walking kid. out with four new hats tonight. He's like, I'm going to need these arrows. We're like, what are you going to do with that? He's like, sell it. I'm like, what? 
that sounds just like something my brother would say. And oh, it's man. that's fantastic. Well, but that, well here's the both- deal. You know, the whole archery thing, you got a great resource in Dave. He's he's shot pretty much everything on the market, um, knows pretty much all the equipment out there. So if you have questions on any of that I fake stuff, it to make it. So you know, let, I let, can talk about anything. Yeah, let Dave know. <laughs> He'll walk you through all and we do a lot of talking ourselves, and that's one of the passions that we have. I think it's very similar to what you've been talking about all night, which is getting people into the sport. It's not just talking about it. It's getting people into I, it. And yeah. a lot of the times we, we are, we, we, we consider ourselves professional amateurs, right? Which, <laughs> which is we approach it in the same way, which is like, we don't know everything. We're never going to know everything. We don't sell ourselves as these great ex- experts in hunting, but I think that gives us an advantage to ask the questions that are relevant right? The, the questions that people might be scared to ask, or, you know, in my, in, in my way of doing it, which it really comes easy to me is to just dumb it down to a simple question, right? I yeah. can dumb things down very easily. Right. I know you can. <laughs> I think personally, though, I honestly, I think you would love the archery community for women. It is unbelievable. They're, they're like great amazing people. Too. And yeah. like the stuff they, they hunt is crazy. Like I watched, like I follow tons of them, and it's amazing to watch what they accomplish. And I think there's something about archery that I can't explain it like with, with anybody, but with women, it's very, it takes over like big time. Like, I mean, from what I've seen a lot of, I mean, they do gun hunting as well, but the community they built online, especially with this bow hunting stuff with, uh, in you know, the shows and stuff. I mean, it's, yeah, it's pretty but, but it's one of those things where like, that's kind of why we branched out on the podcast this year to do more outdoors in general. Right. Yeah. Because there is a huge overlap in that passion. Like somebody oh, that sure. somebody that has a passion for hunting yeah. can relate to somebody that has a passion for archery, even if they have a passion for duck shooting gun yeah, or duck whatever hunting, it is. Right. Upland. That outdoor oh, yeah. passion like just exists across the hunting community no matter what you do. Now you'll get made fun of, you know. There, there's always those groups that are like, oh, you shoot gun or oh you shoot bow or oh you shoot crossbow, but that always happens. Crossbow right? That's always gonna happen. Uh, it does. Oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, that's what that's what I was going to say, actually. So when I got got back into hunting, I don't know how this came to be about, but somehow my dad got this idea to go coon hunting. And was in that? Arkansas, coon, coon, yeah. Like, rac- like, like a raccoon? raccoon. Uh, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm from, I'm from, from Michigan, Michigan. So, you know, I just had to clarify. I knew what you meant. Uh, okay. <laughs> there's sometimes a language barrier, I like to joke. Um, (laughs) so we were out there like 2 33 a.m and I had a crossbow and I ended up killing a raccoon out of a tree at like 30 feet with a crossbow I love it hang and I it's mounted in my in my house in my living room and it is the hot it's right beside my like turkey mount and it it like my uh fan mount and it makes me laugh every time somebody new comes over to my house and sees it because they freak out. And I, I just find it hilarious. But that's actually the first thing that I killed when I got back into hunting. I love and maybe it. Here's, really, here's the problem with shooting it with a bow, though, right? Crossbow or otherwise. Like when you're shooting it with a gun, you're not expecting to get your bullet back. With a, with a crossbow, you're shooting it 30 feet in the air. You're never finding that bolt again. It's probably gone. Not. Well, probably not. Not 5,000 um, acres. <laughs> well, 
this farm was like 60 acres. It's, yeah. it's all and I've done it. Yeah. yeah, I've done it. And yeah, it's, like, it's, it's fun to shoot, but it's like, oh man, I just I just shot $15 into that thing. Or I just <laughs> well, shot $30 was, into that thing. Think of that. It's a good point. You know, at that point, I I wasn't completely funding my own uh hobbies or rent <laughs> or anything. So I see where your brother really gets it from. Yeah. <laughs> i know nice i know i got a really rude awakening when i started paying for my own stuff when i got into my master's program um because all these fun things that i you know just didn't, didn't really think about a whole lot uh came to came to reality there but yeah, that was no, actually no. the first thing that i killed so yeah. i i ended up wanting to get into to um a compound bow and I told my dad that I was looking at one and wanted to get one for Christmas and he basically was like why would you want to do that you either get a crossbow or you don't get anything if I'm paying for <laughs> I like your dad I really oh, do snap I like your dad. Show yeah I love it I'm a cross I, I also like shooting guy. crossbow um so I I know it I know what he I know it, I know that feeling but uh no it's uh I think there's there's a relevance to all the different styles of hunting like i said i mean the thing is you can connect with any of them again right. you know it's not like yeah i couldn't go duck hunting and enjoy it of course i could yeah. the problem is i don't want to spend all the money to get going in duck hunting because there's so many things you need and so but that's right. just that's my preference if you really want to piss them off go with a traditional ball no compound at all why that's amazing yeah that'd be awesome no like, <laughs> oh you mean well, you're, yeah you're talking about me i'm like that'd be sweet well so i was actually looking at um crossbows like last Christmas and I got to the store and like went to test one out and I couldn't draw back the like the I don't know what it's called on a crossbow but like (laughs) even the even the thing where you just pull it back yeah and it's literally for a crossbow I could not even pull it back that I've since gotten into the gym we're better now I I couldn't even pull it back. So dad, and then dad, of course, was like, well, if you can't pull that back, how do you think you're going to pull an actual bow back? Oh, uh, oh so, man, he's got yeah. you. You always buy a kid's bow. You <laughs> yeah. never know, you know. See that, And that's why, to Dave's point, that's why, you know, getting involved with the women archers, you're not going to get ribbed like that. Right, (laughs) they're gonna support you. They're gonna say no. Do the same thing. You need some good women around. I said, I get you into that archer. Next time you're on, we're gonna have to have Jules on because she would have really good things to say about these these concepts. Like, hey, oh no, this is what you. Yeah. Well, and I watch, like I see, I see the girls out there putting it out, putting in the work for archery hunting, and like that is something that I will get into at some point I think just right now I'm able to kind of put my focus and time and effort 100% outside of my day job into waterfowl and and providing opportunities for women to get involved in that and so I I want to be able to give something my full attention and so with biting this uh, I guess responsibility off now I want to be able to fully put in what it needs and give it all that it needs for these ladies. And so I'll eventually get into archery hunting and I know plenty of awesome women that archery hunt. And so um, 
I do want to eventually get in that, but just look for I Daniela Thomas on the apps. Daniela Thomas. In some sports, it's okay if a guy wears a, a wig. So Daniela Thomas, just look for it's me. Gonna go, it's gonna go <laughs> great. Yeah, one, thing, one, one thing I can I tell have. you about archery hunting gear: the weather's a lot better than archery, than duck hunting. Yeah, <laughs> you start in beautiful. You start in October, and it's like you're. The hardest thing is to stay awake while you're sitting in your tree. <laughs> See, my other thing about archery hunting is that most, really, any game that I would be hunting, you have to be quiet and you can't have loud snacks. <laughs> and while you kind of have to be quiet <laughs> while waterfowl hunting, you can still kind of whisper and move around, you know, whatever, until the birds are close. But I, I just really like my loud snacks. Like, I, I like to have some Cheez-Its or some like little Debbie's with the loud plastic wrappers. I, I mean, have a great, Let's, we're going to test great, it right now. Well, no, I have a great segue for you. Let me do the test first. Let you me, said I, early on that I run the test. No, we're done. Your, your ADD is driving me nuts tonight. I want to run a test. You're, 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 I'm running the test with or without you. <laughs> you, you right. said early on. I can't hear you, Tim. Do you know who these people are? Um, I'll be honest. I can't really see the screen. Good. She can't do archery. Right, she can't back. do archery. So listen, it? we're we're done. Are you done? That's you Fred done? Bear. Are you done? What is this? I can't. It's blurry. <laughs> I will literally blurry. send you a screenshot of my screen. It is grainy. I can't see anything. Oh, uh, it's Fred Bear and Ted Nugent. But anyway, here's here's this I, is it was what just I was a quick test for archery. That's all. You said me. early on that you did your first turkey hunt, right? Yes. That this year. Do archery with turkey to get started because it's a very similar hunt where you don't awesome. have to worry yeah. about you don't have to worry so about fun. sitting still. You Sent. don't have to worry about just being quiet as much fine. as you do. It's it's just movement. You can't move. That's the deal with turkey. You've done it, so you Listen, know. But that's a great way to transition into archery is to go turkey hunting. I don't recommend turkey hunting because. Um, Tim and I experienced something on the field this year that oh, was Lord. disgusting. Yeah. I don't think it's for any eyes of anybody. No kids, women. Uh, I don't know. It was it was not right. Let's just say that my turkey got died by my bow, and the other turkeys. Oh, man, it's disgusting. That's they disgusting. they they violated violated they violated is, is the best word to the use the dead body of the my dead turkey. body of the turkey. Never seen anything life. like that in my life. Yeah. I felt like I was in a yeah. movie, like Hostel or something. Yeah. Like it was insane. <laughs> Horrible. I don't know what was going. Did, on. Do we have that? Did we post that video? No, there? I didn't post yeah, it because I almost threw up. Like, but it's bad. It. You'll probably it. I gotta walk you'll away. probably get shadow banned. <laughs> if you post it. <laughs> we i'm sure we would be i'm sure we would be but listen it's been awesome uh, having you on we absolutely love like i said we we love to talk about getting people into the outdoors right and that's it starts with with doing something right and and the first thing that they can do is they can go to your website and i want to get i want you to give everybody your website one more time so they can they can hear it again okay it's bold flightmarketing.com and that's b-o-l-l-e-d flight so f-l-i-g-h-t marketing.com perfect so if you're interested in getting outdoors want to learn about duck hunting and other stuff outdoors you can visit the website and uh, we really appreciate you having me on uh, we want to hear how everything keeps going for you so stay in touch we would love to have you back on and 
um, just kind of learn what's going on with you and how successful everything's going. But we really appreciate you coming on tonight and sharing your story. Absolutely. Thanks again, you guys, for having me tonight. Um, I'm looking forward to kind of jumping in head first with these resources and partnerships first, and then ultimately getting these girls out there and, and hoping that they stick with it and, and come back. And I, I'll definitely be hunting more than the, I don't know, 14 to 16 days worth of hunts. I'm putting on, I'll be out there 45, 50 days out of the 60 day Arkansas season. And then early, early Northwest Missouri season. So looking forward to it. Would love to hop back on and catch up again and, and look forward to seeing more of your guys's content. Very cool. Make sure approve my app. We'll see ya. Hi, <laughs> <Bye>, thanks. <laughs>